All right, you're listening to NL Newsday here on this Tuesday, April the 13th. Thanks so much for tuning in. The time, 3.37. All right, yesterday was the first meeting of the board for School District 73 in more than a month. So there was a lot on the agenda last night. To help break it all down, please to welcome to the program now, Kamloops Thompson School Board Chair, Rhonda Kershaw. Rhonda, how are you today? I'm great, Jeff. How are you doing? I'm doing well. So maybe before we get into the meat of what actually took place yesterday, I mean, it was a pretty lengthy break between meetings, so ended up being a pretty jam-packed discussion yesterday. I guess uh, difficult to kind of get back into the swing after having such a long break and then having to really get into a, a whole bunch of different reports here. Yeah, it was a very, very busy meeting um, with the way spring break fell. And then Easter, uh, we just... Uh, we didn't have a meeting for five weeks, and last night we definitely made up for it. Well, let's get into some of what was discussed yesterday, a couple of lengthy reports. I guess the first one I'll get to because it kind of touches on the or, or the follow-up goes into the, the catchment areas. But first, the, the long-range facilities plan, a very extensive report there from, um, from the district here, just talking about what is it going to be expected in the Kamloops district here over the next decade, essentially. Um, projected capacity to be at 105% by 2030. And then when you look at like urban secondary schools, you're talking 133% capacity, 107% in elementary, and then a, a little bit uh, more um, stable in the rural schools. But nonetheless, quite going to see quite a big increase in the number of students. Um, I guess is this report sort of really projecting what the numbers are going to be to make sure that the district is prepared and ready to uh, adapt and, and hopefully have some new infrastructure in place as more and more students start coming into the area? Yeah, it, it really is, Jeff. It's, you know, it's, it's a, a long-range planning report, so we've aligned it to the official community plan for the city of Kamloops because that's really where we're seeing the bulk of our growth. As you noted, our rural communities are now staying very, uh, very steady in enrollment. Uh, the rural numbers are a little bit um, skewed. Some of our rural schools are quite full, but many of them are not. So especially, you know, we've got some some schools like Westfold, for example, where the capacity in the mid '90s was was 60 students, and and now I think there's 12 or 13 there. So there is some significant um, room in our rural communities, just mm-hmm. not always where we need it. But within the city of Kamloops, we are full. We are jam packed. <laughs> Yeah, so I guess what what uh, sort of wheels have to get in motion here? I know we've talked about the um, the capital um, priorities for the district in the past, but I guess just making sure we're staying on track and a number of new schools, right, should be coming online or starting to be built here in the not-too-distant future based on, on the plans, and hopefully everything goes according to plan. We see ministry funding come through, uh, but this is a very critical piece of, of reporting to have, right, to know what to expect. It is very much so. It, it's really telling us that in our our Kamloops area, our capacity utilization heading out into to 2030, 10 years from now, is, is not good. And our schools will be absolutely bursting at the seams, many of them, particularly on the South Shore, but honestly, even on the North Shore. You know, we've got um, probably one of our worst is, is Sally Secondary, where if we don't make any changes, we're looking at... Uh, 180% capacity, which is just not 
it's not a usable space at that point. Same with Dallas Elementary, 188% capacity. So we definitely need new facilities. We also are going to have to look at perhaps making some changes in what areas of town feed into Mm -hmm. which schools. Yeah, I, w- I want to get into that because that was brought up here yesterday as well. But just before that, one of the things that was brought up by a couple of, of trustees, including yourself, was just looking kind of back in time. There were actually more students, I believe, in like the late 90s in, in Kamloops than what we are actually seeing now. Uh, it felt like back then, though, like there was more than enough space to accommodate all those. But yet we have fewer students and now we're bursting at the seams. So what is sort of driving up those pressures. I understand it's really probably a um, a ruling on the number of kids that are allowed in a classroom and how that's kind of changed over time. Yeah, there, there's really two driving forces in uh, the pressure really being seen in the city of Kamloops. The district enrollment peaked in 1998 at just around 18,000 students. But then we did see a, a steady decline until 2014, and we've seen a steady increase ever since. What, what we saw, though, was that when the Supreme Court decision um, was reversed with the uh, teachers' collective agreements, we had to instantly add 90 classrooms and a good portion of those were within the city of Kamloops. So that put an immediate uh, need on our, our classes and our space crunch. And that tied in with the increasing enrollment just within the city has really made the problem in the city really, really critical. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was interesting. I, I can't remember who brought it up, but talking about birth rates, too, we've actually seen birth rates up about 200 kids per year in recent years, plus you add in migration. I mean, that's pretty obvious to see that uh, the enrollment numbers are going to continue to uh, exponentially climb based on what we're seeing over the, the the last number of years in terms of trends. So um, I just found that interesting to note. Now, now, just to double back here, you mentioned that uh, because of the pressures that are being faced, uh, the the district now looking at changing the catchment areas for some of the schools and i understand there are four different areas that are being looked at so those are aberdeen slash pacific way then sahali and south kamloops secondary then we have dallas on rl clementson and then juniper ridge marion Schilling, and the reopening of ralph bell elementary school so i was wondering if you can maybe just summarize sort of the process right now because i understand a consultation period at this stage to see sort of what i guess the, the general public is looking at uh, and what they might be comfortable with as we change some of the boundaries here yeah so knowing that the pressures were significantly um more at certain schools, for example, Juniper Ridge Elementary uh, or um, McGowan Elementary. They're they're really they're concentrated. What the board asked senior staff to do was to look at: is there any configurations that honestly aren't going to alleviate our problems, but they are going to somewhat share the, mm-hmm. <laughs> the burden through, evenly throughout the schools. So the process moving forward now is that um, for the three that are purely a, a catchment change, there is now a public consultation open. Uh, people can go to our website and they can look through the information as well as we will be hosting some public meetings. Uh, staff will also be going out and talking to uh, the packs of the schools that are affected. So we'll have a really comprehensive consultation process. It'll last 60 days. Um, so for those three that you mentioned, the Aberdeen Elementary, Pacific Way Elementary, the um, 
Dallas Elementary, R.L. Clemenson Elementary, and Sahali Secondary and South Carolina Secondary. Those, uh, the board will reconsider based on public consultation or, or consider for the first time, to be honest, uh, mm-hmm. based on public consultation at our June 14th meeting. And then for the third one, the Ralph Bell Elementary reopening, our board has a process whereby any potential reopening is considered uh, at our committee level also. So that process is going to be referred to our committees this week, and they'll consider it in terms of our finance and planning, as well as our education committee. We wanna make sure that we're looking at the educational needs of the students. So the committees will look at that report and make any recommendations for changes, and that public consultation will start next Tuesday after a special board meeting on Monday night. And that will be considered at our June 20th and these are all being looked at uh, to be changed i guess to the these changes to potentially be implemented by september 2022 so uh, that's you know less than a year and a half from now so that could come up pretty pretty quick so how important is it right now um, just in your mind for people to make sure they're taking part in this consultation process especially if it's only going to last for the next two months uh, you know people better get on this sooner than later yeah i think it's very important um you know, we've made the changes or staff has recommended these changes based on how the numbers work best in the community, but there might be some local knowledge that they don't know or that they they didn't think to consider. So it is really important that, that communities and, and parents really start to consider what these boundaries will look like. Um, one thing I did hear some concerns about just when uh, the release was put out by the district, you're talking about this catchment area um, reconsideration. Um, when we're talking about the reopening of Ralph Bell Elementary, there was some concern right away that popped up about some existing daycare space. Um, there's probably not much that can be said at this point in time, right? Because we're in the very early stages here. But um, any idea what potentially would happen if the school reopened to elementary school? Would anything happen to those daycare facilities? Too early to tell. Uh, just any comment? I think it's too early to tell for those. It's definitely a concern, um, but it's really too early to tell what would, what would happen there. Uh, okay. Unfortunately, you know, we are looking at the space needs for our students. So get involved with the consultation process, I guess, would probably be Absolutely. the message. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, just this minor piece, I'll, I'll ask it here. Chase Secondary School talking about uh, some some reconfiguration just in terms of the, of the land there, I guess, uh, road realignment. Um, how, what, what's going to be happening for Chase Secondary School? Not, not a huge concern based on what you told me prior to us uh, getting underway officially here. No, it was just a small land disposition. Um, the District of Chase is, is looking at a small road realignment, uh, which required a bit of our land that uh, was a play area, parking area. So we'll be changing a little bit of the parking lot there, and uh, they'll get a road upgrade. Perfect. Pretty minor. Is that taking place over the summer? Do you know what the timelines are on that? I believe so, but okay. uh, not I can check the sure. report. It's probably in there. Um, <laughs> one more thing, and then I will uh, let you go here because we've had, uh, gotten quite a, quite through a lot of stuff here. But the COVID-19 update was provided yesterday by uh, Terry Sullivan, the superintendent of SD73. Um, and he noted for the last couple of weeks, we have been maintaining a steady level of cases in our schools. 
um, and, and basically kind of uh, looked at what's going on at the situation at Sun Peaks, noting that that hasn't had any impact on schools there so far. So that's good news. Um, but he was sort of anticipating some challenges ahead based on what we saw coming out of the Christmas break. And now that we're, you know, a, a week or so past the spring break here, um, probably anticipating similar spikes in terms of numbers. Um, just are you... I don't want to ask, are you worried? Because I think that's pretty evident. Anyone's kind of worried about the potential for increasing case numbers. But uh, what is there anything that, that was discussed in terms of expectations at the board level? Um, what are you hoping to see, I guess, over these next couple of weeks in terms of case numbers? Hoping to see them stay low, but anticipating them to maybe start going up. Any Anything to, to kind of comment on in relation to COVID-19 in our schools at this stage? Well, I think you're correct. You know, we're hoping to see them reduced but i think that what we're seeing province-wide and and even in interior health is that they are increasing and when community you know when community numbers start to increase we start to see those exposures in our schools so i really hope that um families are are considering their their activities and uh really maintaining that space washing their hands wearing their masks uh we're putting out a lot of messaging to to families and parents and staff, uh, reminding them that, that we do have these protocols in place and they're keeping their students safe and keeping them in school, so we really need to be diligent in them. Well, that's a good place to, to wrap things up. Thank you so much, Rhonda, for the time as always. I really appreciate it. Hopefully we can catch up after the special meeting. Hope, probably won't be quite as long of a chat next week, but uh, thanks so much for doing this. It's been a while, so uh, nice to catch up with you again. Thanks so much for having me, Jeff. Oh, always, always. Well, gladly welcome you on the show, Rhonda. That's Rhonda Kershaw right there, chair of the board for School District 73. Now, just uh, going back to the school exposure stuff that we were talking about, we haven't seen any school exposure events listed uh, in the Kamloops-Thompson district since April the 1st. Uh, and at that point, we had one at Westside, one at Valley View, and one at Arthur Stevenson Elementary. Um, but haven't seen anything since in terms of exposure, potential exposure events. So 12 days clear. That's a good sign. Hopefully it stays that way. But as I mentioned, uh, Dr. Terry Sullivan, the superintendent at the school board, he there uh, was anticipating we might see some some exposure events be coming in the not-too-distant future. And that's strictly based on what we're seeing in terms of data across the province. Lots of case numbers obviously going up. We've talked about that on a daily basis here for the last number of weeks. If you go to the central Okanagan and look at their school exposure list, uh, it's pretty lengthy at this stage of the game. Um, and so why would we be immune to that here in Kamloops? Well, so far, not bad, but we'll, we'll see what happens in the days and weeks ahead. But expectations are that we will see some exposure events popping up sooner than later. And also in terms of that new catchment area, you know, if you want to have a say in sort of where the boundaries might be moved to, if you live somewhere and you're worried about the fact that uh, your kid might have to go to a different school and maybe what you're planning for right now, well, make sure you get online and pay, take part in that consultation process. Have your say in what the school district may do in terms of altering some of those boundaries. It was also noted, too, during the uh, council or the uh, school district meeting that the... Um, Three, I believe it was three new bus lines or bus routes, excuse me, will be coming online in the next five years to help deal with the increasing demand uh, in terms of more kids coming in to the district.